Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Guys, I am so excited this morning. We're starting a brand new series called Town Talks. And what I'm going to share with you right now is that this series is designed for us to take a deeper look into the communities that we're serving. Because God has placed us here on purpose, and we need to discover what our purpose here is in our cities. So when you move to a certain region, and you think, well, I moved here because of a job, well, you got to look beyond that into the spiritual, because God places you in a place to be effective. Amen? And so... Uh, as we go, we're going to see that we're going to benefit so much by talking to different groups of people, people from our city, people from different mission organizations that are not Grace Capital Church, that are doing a phenomenal job in and around our cities and how we can partner with them. We're, this week we have Roca Kids, which I'm so excited. Um, and before I introduce them, uh, both Josh and Jamie, I would like to give you a little bit of a brief into what this series is going to cover and why, why are we doing something like this where we're bringing in the chief of police. And we've got the chief of police, Willard, um, who is now acting, he is the chief of police in Manchester, who will be joining us here next week. And he's going to share with us his heart for us as a community of believers and how to make an impact in our city and how we could partner with the police department and other organizations. And it's really exciting. He, he was excited to come up and share. Okay, normally they have public relations officers that come up and they, and they share, but the chief wants to come and address us. So I think that is so phenomenal. Invite all your friends and family that live in Manchester to join us so that we could show him really how much we care about our involvement with him and his police force because they're ours. They're our police officers. Sometimes we, we separate things, and we'll, we'll, that's next week. But what we're excited about today is this new series. I could definitely get off on a tangent. But let's pray. Father, we, number one, thank you so much for your active word your holy word that is uh, here to guide and direct us. You have set forth your vision and your course for us, God, that we could could come together and we can uh, act as one in unison. Lord, just like we shared last week about uh, the muscle strands, that each one of us are like those muscle strands that if when we act together as one, we are pulling your people that you have called to yourself into your embrace like a big bear hug. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. And we ask right now that you would anoint what's going on um, with this new series here, Town Talks, and especially today with Roka Kids. In your name, amen. Before we get into our guests and having our guests come up, I just want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a meal? You sat down at a meal and you, you saw the beauty, the beauty of a meal. Like, have you ever been to one of those restaurants that just the presentation is like, wow. Who here watches Food Network? All right, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. All right, <laughs> I'll admit I do too. Um, we, we, when they bring those meals out, it looks like a piece of art. Have you ever had a meal that looked great, but then when you bit into it, you're like, rah, rah. you're just like, uh that was all right. You know, it was bland. It just came across. There was no flavor. What happened to it? 
Well, everybody, you know, please, pla- please pass the salt is what happens, right? And it is no fault or no, no um, disrespect to the people cooking, right? Sometimes just food ends up like that. And it's interesting to me that we, we immediately notice something that's missing, part of our senses. The bitterness, the blandness. What do we usually go for to change that overall experience? It's the salt. There are many uses of salt, and this is not a message on salt. <laughs> but I do want to share with you just a couple things. What, what three basic uses for salt. Number one, it brings out the flavor in the food, right? It brings that, it's just like, oh, yeah, it was a phenomenal meal. You know, it changes your experience immediately. It, it's also used as a medicine. Salt is used as a medicine. It enhances and improves your life. And it also is used to preserve. So Jesus comes into the picture in Matthew 5.13. He says that we are to be salt of the earth. We are to be salt of the earth. What does that mean? It means that we're sprinkled out to bring the flavor out of our communities. We're, so when we look at this, guys, we're a humongous salt shaker right here. And God is just like shaking us out. And we go boop, 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 all over. Okay? And what I love about this is that it's not too much. What I think has happened in the years beyond, you know, before is, is not, not to disrespect any, any uh, pastors or leaders or anything like that, or even culture, church culture. But to be honest with you, have you ever been around church culture where it's just way too much? Way too much. And you just like took a big spoon of salt and you're like, oh my word. Do you know why that is? It's because they're all congregated in one spot on your, on your spoon. Salt is meant to be sprinkled. Salt is meant to go out. And, and oftentimes within our communities, we could be so salty that we, just, we destroy the experience. We ruin what God has intended for us to be within our communities. We're overpowering, pushy, and we push our agendas. Now, now, I'm not saying that we don't stand for what is right and what is good. Amen. We should. Remember what Paul says. We ought to be thinking about those things that are pure, those things that are good. But I do have to say is that God strategically places us in places so that we could have a great impact in your community, your neighbors, your friends, your family that we would salt and sprinkle and bring forth the flavor from our own communities. Jesus commissioned us to be something that the earth was lacking. Let that sit for a second. Jesus commissioned us to be something that the earth was lacking. We are special. See, Jesus died so that the entire community could be restored to him. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. God, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All people. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God 
who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Whoa, that's a separation right there. And we, it just took us from the goats and sheep and took us to a Savior who has saved the entire people. What does that mean? It's like we, salvation can't come to those unless we're sprinkled in and among them and lead them to the truth. In case you didn't realize this, you're special. You're welcome. <laughs> you are special uh, because God loved us and saved us by grace. In case you didn't believe this, you are special. God has invested his spirit and his presence into you for his purpose. And he commissioned us by Jesus Christ to go make disciples of all nations. And we're literally used the same way as salt is. Sprinkled out in and among our our friends and our family. We have been sprinkled out throughout the earth to bring out its flavor, to bring healing, and to preserve our communities. We We have a big chore in a in a good graceful way in the city of manchester to to preserve the city of manchester preserve it there's nothing wrong with the city of manchester as a whole in fact there's so many redeemable aspects about our city and the communities you live in but what has god put you there for to bring out the flavor to make the change, to redeem a culture back to himself. Now the Apostle Paul tells us um, in Philippians that we are individuals that need community. And as a community, we need individuals. We live in a society today that is so independent, that is so fly-by-night, that, that there are churches and organizations that struggle to have committed people you guys are committed. I can tell you that. You guys are committed. But there are people, there's a whole wave of independence where it's like, I don't really need a community. I am, I am a unique individual and, and I exist on my own goodwill. But if we want to do something great, we need to come together. But God is saying, look, we need each other and we need the, the individuals to d- develop the community. We don't have community if we don't have individuals, right? It's kind of one of those things. It's like, that's basic knowledge. But we are truly dependent on each other. Now, if you look out at, at Facebook, this is just a funny example of this. If Facebook didn't have people, Facebook wouldn't be a thing. <laughs> okay, for someone who lives in Facebook world, that, that to me I just thought was funny because you build it and they will come, right? That whole mentality, it's like, but you see, if people weren't congregating together in community, then there would not be any organization. There would not be any community. Look at what Paul teaches us in Philippians. In 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in, uh, not Philippians, in, in 1 Corinthians 9.20. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. 
to those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To those, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win weak, the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And he ends by saying that I will also partake in the blessing. Do you see what he's saying is that there is a powerful thing that when a community comes together and you identify with that community and like Paul is like Gumby. (laughs) He can jump into those places and just take on a a different place not personality, but an understanding of the culture so that he would be able to bring the blessing of God into that community. That he would partake of what God is already doing. So what we need to do is come to a place where we're saying, Jesus, what are you already doing in my community? That I would participate and take on that culture and I will become that culture in order to win people to you, Jesus. Right? So we need our community as, and the community needs us. They need us. And with that thought resign, just resounding in your mind, I just want to, I want to invite up both Josh and Jamie. Wintle, right? Guys, give him a hand. Thank you guys for coming out and um, hanging out with us. This is where we're going to be talking about just, uh, either way, that's fine. You know what? I'm going to grab a couple mics, too. You guys can turn on the uh, microphones. And there's that. This one needs batteries, if you don't mind. So just share that one for now. Um, Josh and Jamie, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Um, for those of you, who here has heard of Roca Kids? Good. A lot of you guys, especially the guy in the Roca Kids shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm excited because we are going to be hearing uh, their heart, the mission, the ministry. Um, so, Josh, Jamie, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about Roca Kids. And first, um, how did it get started and why? got my notes here. I didn't even use these in school. Um, Jen and AJ Hebert, I don't know if you guys know them or not, but they, um, they started Roca Kids Club. Um, they both came from different backgrounds. Jen came from a single parent household with just her mom. AJ came from more of a traditional family. Um, and they just saw the firsthand the rough time that, times that kids have. Um, they seen the abuse, the addiction, um, the broken homes. And they spent a lot of time with kids in the missions field, locally and globally. And, uh, after uh, going to, up to a, to like a Roca, that's kind of what we were based off in Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. a place called, uh, what is it called, Jamie? Dream Center. Um, they knew that Manchester needed something. And uh, God gave AJ a plan to help the kids and 
to bring Christians together from different churches and different communities for one purpose, which was for the kids. Yes. So that's how Roca initially, initially started. That's great. What, what were some of the, the testimonies that God um, produced through this ministry? There's a lot. There's a lot of those. Um, so, first of all, a lot of our kids are ages four, five to sixteen, seventeen years old, and a lot of them have accepted Jesus into their lives through Roca, and that that was a number one. That that was a great thing that happened there. And we heard um, through some teachers through the Manchester school system that some of the Roca kids that go to Roca and go to these schools have offered prayer to kids at school when they seen them going through a, a rough time, which is, which is hard for, you know, a, a six-year-old offering prayer to the, a kid they see getting bullied. Um, we've also seen firsthand what Roca has done for kids. Um, we had a 10-year-old that's, that started coming four years ago because we have two locations, one on Wilson Street and one on Cedar Street. The one on Wilson Street has been going for four years. And this boy started coming. Um, he was real angry. He used to vandalize the property. He would fight. He would swear. He would hit volunteers. Um, and then we had uh, Christian men uh, stand up and take a stand and they would pick him up after school and they would mentor him and they would take him places and they, they would show him that he didn't have a, he didn't have a dad and they would show him what it is to be a man and be around that. And I have to say a couple months after hanging out with these great Christian men, um, he came back, you know, it took a little bit, but after a year of seeing this, he came back and he was serving with us. He was telling people about God. He was, being a real leader, which was awesome. Um, just you know, simply being a man without anything to offer, just being there and being an example is, is all it takes we with, have, these, with these younger guys. Yeah, We have um, a lot of volunteers that don't just do Thursdays. They, they pick up kids and mentor them during the week. Which So Roca's not just a Thursday night that we do. Um, we want to show the kids that there's more to life than what they go through because they're from the rough rough parts of Manchester and see a lot of drugs and abuse and stuff that, you know, kids shouldn't. And we have a, um, a camp, Camp Berea, that opened their doors to us last year for the first time, um, offering two weeks at a really good cost. It's a Christian camp. And through fundraising and from awesome people donating, these kids got to go to camp for a whole week and, and be a kid like what they should. And it's a Christian-based camp. And, you know, they got to see what, what life is beyond Manchester because a lot of them haven't ever left Manchester and got to go swimming and, and do all kinds of stuff, but also every day hear the word of the Lord. And I could go on for a long time. A long <laughs> time. But one, one other thing is it hasn't just reached the kids. We have... Um, Parents who, you know, a lot of parents come and drop their kids off and look at it like, wow, this is two hours where I can go get drunk and high and, you know, throw my... sitting service yeah. for two hours. Um, but we do have a couple moms that stay and help out. And you can tell they're not, you know, they probably got their own problems, but every every week for those two hours, they, they stay and they help and they face paint and, and they worship with us and, and they they listen to the word of the Lord and, and that's what a lot of them need. 
Yeah, absolutely. Can I step back a little bit and yeah. go back to... All right, I just wanted to touch base and give a little bit of more history on Roca. We're a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. We have two locations in Manchester. We have, like Jamie mentioned, we have a location on, on uh, 140 Wilson Street, which is right in the corner of Wilson and Somerville. I don't know if you guys know that area or not, but there's a lot of need there. And uh, that was the first one we started four years ago. And then we just recently opened up a second... And that's at uh, Believer's Christian Outreach. I don't know if you guys know where that is or not. And then the second location is at uh, Hope Tabernacle. They have a building, an old schoolhouse out back, and they let us use that. We've been there for, what, about eight months, Eddie? Eddie's one of our dedicated volunteers. So almost, would you say almost a year? Okay, and uh, that's on, what, 222 Cedar Street, right on the corner of Cedar and Union, so that's a pretty yeah. pretty needy area, and um, that's also from 6 to 7.30, they both are. But basically what we do is we play games, games with the kids, they come there. These kids are all ages. We have teenagers, and we have three-year-olds that walk there. These kids are very needy. Sometimes they've come there in the winter times with holes in their shoes. I don't know how many times we've left and gone to Sports Authority or Walmart just to get these kids' shoes on their feet. And what happens is, is these, these kids have to be parents to their younger siblings. The seven, eight, and nine-year-olds are taking care of the two- and three-year-olds, and they're walking them there, and they're crossing the streets together. And, and for these couple hours that they're able to come to Roka Kids Club, they're able to let go of their weekly responsibilities as parents at the age of 9 and 10 years old and just be free and play games and uh, just have a safe, carefree time where they can be kids, not worry. Uh, so what we do there is we get them, we play games, we feed them, we teach them about Jesus. We have a different speaker every week. We've had people from, we've had you know, local people from different churches come in and speak. All the volunteers there are from different churches. It's not just one church. It's, I mean, you go there and, and we have community. Yes. It's, it's eight or ten different churches are represented. That's perfect. Unformally. They just show up and it works. But, um, so what we try to do is just play a game with them. We give them a message. We've had NBA basketball players come in and speak. We've had professional soccer players, people from the community, just average people come in and speak. And uh, we just try to encourage them, influence them, and lead by example. It's awesome. Uh, it's fantastic. And, and uh, one of my questions I have for you guys here is um, how, what's, what's the long-term vision for ROCA? I mean, I'm sure. Me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, we could start off with our, our, um, our mission statement. Yeah. I know this by heart. I don't know why I wrote this down. Well, I kind of, I lied a little bit. I know it a little bit by heart, but I didn't want to mess it up. So our, our um, it's changed a couple times, right, Eddie? <laughs> um, Roka Kids exist to provide a safe and fun environment for children to know the genuine love of God and to inspire and enable people of all ages to impact the world around them using the resources and talents that they already have. So that's our mission statement. And the question that you asked me was... Well, what's the long-term vision? What's our long-term vision yeah. okay, is to partner with other churches to bring Roka to new locations and neighborhoods where the kids can walk to. So the, the key thing to making yeah. Roka work, it's not, you know, we've discussed having a bus and doing things like that, but it's got to be walking distance. The mm -hmm. kids got to be able to walk there because they don't have the means to, to, to get there. Their parents won't be, you know sure. what I mean? It's hard enough to get the mom and dad to sign a permission slip right. one time to go to camp, right. let alone be responsible enough to take them on Thursday nights. So the key is, is to have it within walking distance. And uh, the long-term goal is to build a, a Christ-focused for the kids is to build them to be Christ-focused future leaders right. so they can bring Jesus to the neighborhoods that they grew up in when they're older and break the cycle of poverty and addiction and hopelessness that they're stuck in. I mean, mm -hmm. these kids are hopeless. You guys don't see it. It seems yeah. like Manchester, uh, you know, you guys get involved, come down, check us out, come as you are. You don't have to have any special gifts or talents. Just show up. 
just be there. Just seeing a familiar face is all these kids need. Yeah. I, I know it sounds simple, but... You guys do not currently have a location on the east side, correct? We have two locations on the east side. We don't have a location on the west, west side. side. West side. West side, yes. Gotcha. We've, been, we've been praying for years for, for the west side because they, mm. they are also in need of one. And, you know, the Lord will provide when it's time. But Absolutely. we have been praying for years. You're talking the west side of the river, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, CMC yeah. side, mm-hmm. the flats area over there yeah. by, yeah. you know, yeah. the west side. That's awesome. So how can we as a congregation help in accomplishing the the vision that you guys have? Uh, First and foremost is prayer. Um, Without prayer, uh, I'll tell you, we we pray every night before, well, every night Thursday before we start, we pray. And I tell you, God provides every time. There's been times where we were serving food and it should not have lasted like it should, have, it should have been gone the first 20 kids that walked into the door. That night we had 120, and the food kept multiplying by the grace of God. <laughs> and, and I know that was because of prayer. So keep yeah. Roca in your prayers. Um, and volunteer, volunteers, we, you know, we have a handful that come every week faithfully, but we always need more volunteers. Um, anything that you can bring, natural gifts to to there it's great you know we're always looking for face painters <laughs> um but also paper products we go through so many paper plates napkins cleaning supplies um you know and then and then of course there's always finances because we are a nonprofit and we do you know we do fundraising but we also have you know volunteers that give weekly and cons- other local churches that, that right. give you know, a set amount. Yeah, month. there's awesome. a couple churches that give um, monthly, and you know, and we wouldn't run without that. And, and we do fundraising and stuff like that. Um, Shoes, backpacks, just stuff for the kids. You know, and garbage we also, bags. Uh, right. also do a homework club that's through Roca, and they're always looking for volunteers too. That's on Tuesdays when school starts. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's you know, it, it's kind of minimal, but it's kind of high, you know. So. This, this ministry's flowed out into the streets. It's not just Thursday nights. We see these kids everywhere. You know, when you're driving through town, you're running down Beach Street. If you're going from north to south, Manchester, we see these kids at Walmart. We see them at the stores. Yeah. We see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, we're making, I know, not to sound arrogant, but we're making a difference. We yeah. just had Manchester Ignite where three local Manchester churches got together. Yeah, tell us a together. little bit about that. Uh, that was uh, Life Church, Hope Tabernacle, and... Great Exchange Church. Oh, yeah. Yes. We all got together and we did a, a missions trip inside the city. Missions to Manchester. Missions to Manchester. Yeah. And it was huge. And we knew a lot of the kids that were out there. Like we, the did homes stuff, that... we did stuff in the parks. And to have these kids walk and, you know, especially the volunteers that come every week, they know you by name, you know, and they run up to you and they hug you. And you're a, a, a safe person for them, especially, you know, four years is a long time to, to have a relationship with these kids. And a lot of, um, I can say personally, I talk to a lot of these kids on a weekly basis. They call me. I know Eddie picks up kids. We pick up kids. You, you just, you develop a relationship with these kids. You know, if I could take them all home, I would. <laughs> the, uh, the trust barrier, the trust thing is huge because when these kids live in tough situations, their home lives, they're afraid that any adult that is not from their neighborhood that starts to get involved in their life might be a threat. Take away from their mom and dad because... 
you know, their mom and dad's are drug addicts. So they don't, when you build this relationship, it's not just knowing you, oh, that's the person from Roca. It's, is this person going right. to turn me right. into the state, take me away from my mom and dad or my mom or my or whoever's taking care of them. So the trust barrier is huge. And to have, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm taking no. up too much time? No, 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 this is good. I, I do want to just ask a question though. Um, speak, one of the things that's been on our hearts as a church has been the drug issue in, in Manchester. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about uh, how Roca is addressing that issue? That's it. That's start that one. Um, yeah, you can start okay. it. Uh, I kind of he hit me up with this question last night where I was thinking about it. We talked to Jen and AJ too because their uh, other volunteers are the ones that started it, and we kind of just came up with um, just t- we we encourage the kids. We tell them that drugs are not the answer. Um, like I said before, we just try to be there and teach them about Jesus to break the cycle. Um, we try to point their families at churches and uh, programs like Teen Challenge. I mean, there's, there's some pretty good programs out there. And uh, a, a few of the other, a, a lot, we're, we're pretty well connected in the community, so we right. hear from just even regular like drug rehab programs and different things like that. And the first thing that these people admit is that these programs and these rehabs are state-funded and city stuff, it's not working. They need Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the only answer to this problem. So it's not so much, oh, we need to open up a rehab clinic. We need to teach them and show them Jesus. Yeah, and that's exactly. the simple one-word answer. Um, I want to say something. Um, once a month or once every other month, we have an anonymous donor that gives um, a $100 gift card to Market Basket and then um, some kind of breakfast place. And I have personally picked up um, moms and brought them grocery shopping and then would hang out with them and talk to them. And having one-on-one with these mo- I, I, I don't know if any dads, but it's a lot of moms that we see. And um, they open up and say, you know, they have a problem and they don't know what to do. And all we can do is pray with them. I pray with them. I pray with them. And they drop their kids off every Thursday. I check in with them. You know, nothing's worked yet, but you just got to keep praying for them and telling them to keep praying because God will hopeless. show them the way, you know, yeah, right. But hopeless. we see it, we, we see it every week and it's, it's a bigger problem than. Yeah. Yeah. From what I was talking with, uh, um, uh, few people, it's not so much a drug problem as it is a hopelessness problem, a depression problem. And if there was no depression, people wouldn't be going towards drugs. If there wasn't a hopelessness, people would not be putting, I mean, in, in huge numbers today. So, you know, I asked that question for you guys specifically because you guys are restoring hope to another generation. And having had the uh, ability to, to, to get into some of these city council meetings and hear the mayor talk about how if we don't capture them, have, how we don't capture, if we don't capture the, the youth by the time that they hit middle school, um, then we've lost a whole generation. And so they, they're looking at organizations like Roca as well as to say this is, a, this is something that is working. And, you know, I, I did talk to Jen on the phone a little bit. Jen was going to be here. Uh, Josh and Jamie gratefully, gracefully came in and uh, helped out where uh, Jen and, and her husband had an emergency situation that they had to address. Uh, but the good news is that they're going to be joining us for our grand opening the big grand opening on the 29th of August on our Saturday night service. They're going to join us, and we're going to celebrate together on that. I would love for you guys to be there as well. Uh, But we are going to be partnering with organizations like ROCA 
because we do fund them financially monthly but what one of the things that we do we it's it's not effective just to put money towards a solution it it requires our hearts and our hands to address the solution you know to to make the solution um, come to fruition and and so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you guys out so that we can come together and partner with you guys to be another one of those churches that come in. And, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, we'll, let's see about opening more uh, locations across the city. You know, and I know that God has placed us strategically on the east side and like the far east. <laughs> we're, we're out there towards exit six. That's where we're going to be moving towards. And just walking through those city streets and praying over the, that, that area, uh, God has been showing us a lot. And, and uh, talking to Jen, she says, you, you, you miss it if you think that this is a, just a quaint, quiet little community because those city streets even though the houses are nice there's a lot of stuff happening in the background where you know parents are not there uh, and and kids are just you know roaming free and you know Jen was telling me that some of her kids have tried heroin or have tried marijuana at the age of nine and ten so there's there's a, a serious issue that we can have uh, a participating role in bringing a solution to the city of Manchester. That's like my niece in the far back. Can you imagine that? And so I, I just, my heart breaks. And that's the one thing that I've been praying for, is that we bring folks like you up to the front, that our hearts, through these Town Talk series, that we would, our hearts would learn to break, like God's heart is broken, and that we would respond not just emotionally, but with a buy-in to the mission of what we're called to do in the city. So with that, thank you guys so much. Do you have any closing thoughts before we... It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you guys are hearing the, you know, the, the reality yeah. of it, but at the same time, yeah. it's, it's fun. Yeah. We have a good time. Um, it's a little hectic. It gets a little wild at times, but that's what makes Roka Roka. Awesome. And of course, there's a Facebook page if you want to look, uh, look it up. But and we always need volunteers, so just show up on a Thursday night, six to seven thirty, and you just will bring be, yourself. Yeah. yeah, you'll leave. Yeah. You'll leave changed. That's yeah. awesome. And that's yeah. Roca Kids with a Z, R O C A K I D Z. Awesome. We're on Facebook. Great. And you guys can reach out to both Josh and Jamie after the service, and also Eddie that's in the back there with the shirt. Eddie and, knows all the kids by name. Imagine there that. There you go. That's awesome. See, that's what that that's meaningful too. That's incredible. Well, thank you, you guys. Appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna worship together real quick before we all leave. So let's all stand to our feet. Let's pray. And uh, guys, I am excited that we have the ability to partner with. Um, what God is already doing in the city. We need to know the heartbeat of the Lord in order to, to partner with that and, and also know that it's important that we don't just go off and we start our own organizations. Well, that has been done and done and done and has, you know, honestly has caused areas of division. That's not what we want. Our desire is to partner with things that are already working, you know. We need to partner with what's working in our cities and our our who we are as a people, we will bring value to that. Remember, we are the salt and we need to go sprinkle out into our communities. 
you know, just enough to bring back the flavor and to make the change. The entire experience will change. That's Jesus. So, Father God, we thank you so much right now. We praise you, God, for the work that you're doing in the city through Roca, and uh, we pray right now for Jen and AJ that you would bless them as they are out dealing with some, um, some family stuff, and, and I pray that your hand would be on them in such a powerful way. God, that they would, um, they would know that we are praying for them and for the cause that you began in their hearts so many years ago. And Father, uh, thank you for Josh and Jamie coming and sharing with, with us the, the effective ministry that you're doing in the city. And God, continue to open our eyes to what that looks like for our involvement. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you in your name. Amen. Let's worship together.
Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.